This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show. Hope everybody had a nice holiday. I think the moratorium's out. You can't say Happy New Year anymore. Uh, You can still ask about people's holidays, especially if they're just coming back from them. Either way, uh, the Calgary Flames, we're here in St. Louis, and my guest today, Ryan Leslie, your Flames host on Sportsnet Broadcast. We'll be doing the game, of course, tonight. And uh, I think we'll just open up by telling you that, no, Jacob Pelche will not be in the lineup tonight. It seems to be the biggest question everybody has uh, about this team right now. Uh, Walker Dewar looks like he will be in the lineup playing on that fourth line. It's not his NHL debut. He played one game last year, but he's going to treat it like it's his his first game on the NHL because last year none of his family members could come visit because COVID was still hovering around. So a ton of his family and friends are going to be at the game tonight, making that trek from South Dakota. He's the very first player in the history of the NHL to play in the NHL who's from South Dakota. Okay, let's get to our guest, and uh, we're going to open up for questions. We don't ever do this on this show, but if you text us at 960-960, send us your questions. We're looking back at the first half of the season. We're looking ahead to the next 41 games of the season. We're looking at this trip right now. We're looking at... Pelche, we're still talking about um, we're still talking about various call-ups that did or didn't play enough games in the NHL. We're gonna join. Uh, we're gonna get Ryan Leslie to join us on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. How are you, my friend? Ryan, you there, my man? I am here. How are you? I'm good, my buddy. I know I just saw you about uh, 20 minutes ago. Thanks for doing this. You're gonna join us for the nice full break. hour. Yeah, it was it was a good break. The 20 minutes. Good... Hey, uh, tell me about, let's start with the, ha- well, I guess we'll start with Pelche. Everybody's asking questions. Why isn't he in the lineup? Everybody, from the day he was called up, I think people were already set up for failure. They, they were feeling like this coach was not going to give him a fair shake, kind of like they felt like Matthew Phillips didn't get a fair shake in their eyes. Phil, uh, Pelche will not be in the lineup tonight. I think the explanation is very simple, and I think people are losing their mind over something that's really not relevant at this point in time because I guess the question is, who would he replace? I think we've all established he's got to play in the top six to have any sort of success. That's why he's here. You put Dewar in in the bottom six, but Pelche, there's no room. Do you see the logic behind not playing Pelche? Do you agree with the logic? Well, I'm probably like a lot of people. I'd like to see what the first-rounder can uh, offer. Uh, sure. I'd like to see him in a role where he could flourish uh, in a top six position. Um, that is certainly a challenging one given the lineup, but uh, not impossible. But, uh, you know, Daryl uh, likes what he has uh, right there. And I think, you know, he's there. Both players have uh, had solid seasons in the American League. And, you know, one's bigger than the other. And uh, one has, has caught the attention of Daryl Sutter for now. Um, it's certainly a good experience for both to be up here and see how this is. And you mentioned off the top of the friends and family coming in to see Walker. So cool storyline there. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, I would like to see if we're, if you're going to do this and have them up, I'd like to see them, uh, get some ice time and and both of them get into the lineup and, and, uh, we'll see, uh, where, where Daryl goes with this. I'm not trying to avoid it. I just think the reality is, is Daryl likes a, certain type of player and has an understanding of how that certain type of player fits into his lineup, and where you can slot him and, uh, and, and get the most use out of him. So still at the end of the day, this is about wins and you can talk about what type of player Daryl likes or doesn't like, but uh, he's trying to give his group the best chance to win. And I, I understand the conversation, maybe the frustration, mm-hmm. um, but I think, uh, you know, this. We can't we can't really be too surprised when you just look at the nuts and bolts of, of both players. Uh, you look at the nuts and bolts of the lineup, and you look at the nuts and bolts of the coach. It's just you can look at the Matthew Phillips situation. You can look at now Jacob Pelche, and just kind of have an understanding of the of the way things are going to go. So we shouldn't be surprised. But I love the passion that everybody's wanting to see. Hey, and isn't it great that you've got a player that people are excited to see? For sure. um, people want to uh, follow along and you've got a 
a good, healthy conversation. Hopefully, it's healthy about what uh, what this uh, group should do with this lineup. So, um, I hope for the player himself that he does get a chance here at some point. You know, uh, and I'm happy for Walker as well to get in there. I I think that. Pelche, I get it. Everybody wants to see him when they saw the news. Okay, we're going to get a a chance to finally look at our first rounder who's had a pretty good season and a half in the American Hockey League, pretty much done everything you could ask for him down there. But, you know, and I know that the logical response I think that a lot of people have is we'll take take Lucic out. But, you know, I think most, a lot of people would agree that Lucic has actually been pretty good since he came back from being a healthy scratch. He's fit in fairly well with that line. If this team loses tonight, two nights from now against St. Louis, then I can see there possibly being an opening for this coach to finally take a chance and, and look at Pelche. But if this I team would, does, uh, if I they go on a winning done. streak, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, either way for me, I, I don't know. Uh, not to, and not to just play devil's advocate. I just don't know if we if we will see Pelche this time around or not. This is a long road trip for sure. Um, and you're right, depending on the outcome of some of these games, you wonder if an opportunity opens up. I'm not so certain it will. I mean, we did see Matthew Phillips. That was great. Um, what, you know, I'm sure everybody weighs in on whether or not he was utilized the right way or they all have their own opinions on, on how it went. And uh, should you have done this or could he have done that? To the player, the coach, all these different things. Um, but you just hope that Peltier gets uh, at least a little bit of a look going forward i'm just not so certain it'll happen but time will tell yeah and and i think that i guess that it all boils down to this the people's frustration is this if you might not get a chance to look at him or you know your coach is apt to not you know take a chance by inserting this guy in the top six then why'd you call him up and a lot of people mm-hmm. have speculated that there must be another player or two in that top six that's banged up and, and potentially could have to come out of the lineup either way um, with games spaced out every two days throughout this whole trip, there was really no reason to recall both of them other than to give the coach the options. One can play top six, one can play yeah. bottom six. And I, I guess yeah. that's the, the main frustration. Why call him up if you really and, don't think you're going to well, get a chance? Okay, I, I'll jump in with this. And I think, too, the options for sure, as you mentioned, and the idea of a reward. Okay, you're this close, um, Jacob. Um, let's get in front of the coach. Let's see, you know, obviously Daryl's watching everything. Um, and, but now in person, now in, in this, and you just never know, right? So here's a bit of a reward. See what you can do with it. If you're going to be on this road trip, you know, bust your butt and get things going and make an impression, and you just never know. Being here is a good thing. If he doesn't get in, okay, that's that's probably frustrating and and probably uh, something that'll tick some people off, that kind of thing. But being here at this level, around it, and that much closer to getting the tap is a big thing for any player. Yeah. And, and hey, Tree Living said on your broadcast the other night, on our broadcast, said to you, you've got to reward guys who put in the work. And these two guys have certainly been good soldiers yeah. down in the American Hockey League. And, and I think both deserve a, sh- uh, a chance. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about about Walker Dewar. Uh, I had a fascinating conversation with Billy Powers, one of the scouts of the Calgary mm. Flames, talking about how they found Dewar. Because the thing that really fascinates me with this guy, even the biggest you know, slugs in the National Hockey League, the fourth-line muckers, all at some point in their career put up big numbers somewhere, right? I mean, it, it might have been Junior B <laughs> or, or somewhere, but at least at some point, They've all got great stats. Walker Dewar doesn't. He's just a solid meat and potatoes guy. And I think the thing that'll stick out for most people and, and, and what he said was his skating is elite. Like he's a great skater for a big man and he can get up to top speed in a hurry. And he's also willing to play a physical brand of hockey. That sounds an awful lot like a guy who Daryl Sutter is going to fall in love with big time. And I think he has a long future in this organization because of it. Do you agree? Yeah. Well, I- I think I would agree with what we know, and I don't know a ton about his, uh, you know, his game. I've heard, uh, I've talked to scouts, I've talked to coaches, I've talked to players about him, I've talked to the player, but I haven't seen enough eyes on him. So for me to say long future with the organization, I do think, however, by definition, you are bang on, and it meets a lot of the criteria. Uh, I'm fascinated because, you know, as you talk about players who have had success at other leagues and levels, 
doing it here is different. So what is he? Is he going to stick around by being one of those serviceable, you know, guys who can give you hard minutes and skate and be an honest physical player? I mean, that's by definition, it sounds pretty good. So I'm waiting to see if, you know, you said in the organization too. So whether it's in the American Hockey League or at this level, time will yeah. tell. But, man, I sure am fascinated to see what he can do. I'm not expecting, you know, light the world on fire here with no. offensive prowess or anything like that. But is he a physical, solid, fast guy who can play a role that as you have older guys by in that role or with that definition started to maybe eventually uh, move on? Uh, it might be nice to have some of those those guys, but I, I really do want to see eyes in person on this guy um, to see exactly what the coaches and, and the fans of the American League see. It's interesting that they found him. You know, Billy Powers was saying uh, they found him when they, they really started uh, glomming on to Connor Mackey at Mankato State. And when they first right. started looking at Connor Mackey as a freshman, that's when they kind of stumbled upon Walker Dewar and they fell in love with the guy pretty quickly. Uh, Craig mm-hmm. Conroy started going and he saw him four or five times. And then by the end of his time at Mankato state, uh, Mackey had really, really sold the flames on him. And there were several other teams that were interested in him. We know that a million other teams wanted Mackey and the flames got him. Not as many teams wanted, uh, doer, but, uh, a, a, a fair bit. And so they were convinced that they had the kind of guy that Daryl Sutter would like. And so, I'm interested to see him on that fourth line tonight. And, um, you know, he's a guy who's he's kind of understated in his game and his comments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love what you said. He's not going to set the world on fire. I mean, no fourth liner is really expected ever to do that. But can he fit in? Can he throw his body around enough to impress Daryl Sutter and keep him in the lineup ahead of Zahorna? That'll be the kind of the big question mark for him tonight. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see, but everybody's going to watch and kind of weigh in. So time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking to Ryan Leslie, Calgary Flames uh, host for tonight's game. They play, what's puck drop in Calgary? Six o'clock? Six. Six. Yeah. We're central time here. Uh, we're in St. Louis right now, just setting up for the game tonight. Uh, had an interesting and I just chat got with, room uh, service. I should be honest. I just got room service right now. I just want to put that go. out there in case you hear me crunching. Yeah. That sounds delicious. What did you order? To, no, don't tell me. I don't care. I ordered a St. Louis, a hot St. Louis chicken sandwich. Oh, come on. St. Louis is now claiming to have the hot chicken? That was a Nashville yeah, thing. delicious. Let me read it to okay. you. Crispy chicken, some type of, and I'll pronounce it wrong so I won't try, some type of exotic honey, a scallion aioli, pickled cucumbers, and carrots on a soft bun. So it looks lovely. It just arrived. I'd say uh, send me over one, but you're staying with the team in a fancy pants hotel, and I'm downtown in a not yes, so fancy I hope, hotel. I hope you catch a break one day. <laughs> <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. Okay, uh, another thing that I thought was interesting: today, this back-to-back game, which is so unique in the NHL, and I like that they do it. I think oh, they should do it more. Me too. It saves money. On travel, it's easier on the wear and tear for teams. And I also think the ultimate goal is that it breeds a little more contempt in between games. It's almost like a mini series. And I think that there's a better chance when you're playing two in a row in two nights or three nights uh, that there's going to be a little animosity potentially or or some carryover somewhat from yeah. game to game. When I, when I threw that at Sutter today, <laughs> he said what I agree with 100%. There's very little intensity in the regular season. This is his quote. With everything that's changed in the game, there's very little carryover from game to game. And it's the, the lack of intensity in the regular season. I 100% agree. I'm not saying the game is is worse off, but intensity is certainly something that's lacking and vitriol, hatred, payback. You don't see much of that. So I, I don't think we should get our hopes up, but you never know. This is a St. Louis team that's big and can also you know get pretty physical with the Flames and maybe – Maybe we'll see some carryover from game to game. You agree? Well, yeah, and they're similar, aren't they? They've had some highs and lows through the season. They're decimated right now with some injuries, obviously. But they're close in the standings. Like, this is important and yeah. uh, to both teams. And, you know, St. Louis is at that point, Eric, where 
where are we going here, guys? Are we are we rebuilding? Are we done? Are we saying goodbye to some guys? You know, they've made the playoffs 10 of the last 11 years. Does this end here potentially this year? Does this little run like – but this is also a proud team that has, I don't know, what, six or seven Stanley Cup champions on this roster still who were out of it a few years ago when they won the Stanley Cup, dead last, go on, win the Cup. So I was talking to Braden Shen about it, just the idea that uh, – you know, this is a group that kind of relies on it. They have no choice to play well, um, but they're a proud bunch as well. Um, so I don't know as though we'll see that contempt, but it certainly shapes up for some potential because the, you know, it, there's some, I don't know, I guess there's just a dire need to get things going for both teams right now. And I don't know where it comes from, but I definitely agree with what Daryl said today. You just don't see the same intensity. At least we haven't seen it much of it this year. And I, I think Daryl's talking league-wide. You just don't see it enough. And uh, not to sound like the old guy, oh, the game's changed. <laughs> yeah, off my lawn. But, I know. But no, you don't <laughs> see it the way it used to be. And it'd be great to have it back, even if it is just for a couple of games. But I'm not so sure we're going to see any real vitriol. But I think we could see a little bit of uh, spice. We always hope. We have our fingers crossed, and we hope for that sort of stuff. Uh, it's the Eric Francis Show. We're talking to Ryan Leslie. We're opening it up today to questions. And uh, we thank you for people who have texted in to 960-960 with their questions. And and I'll, I'm not going to go right into them now. I'll, I'll start picking away at them. But uh, here's a good one. Aren't pickled cucumbers just pickles? I didn't make the meal. I'm just ordering it and eating it, all right? <laughs> from southwest calgary who writes aren't pickles he's probably right yeah he may be onto something but i don't think we're the guys to ask yeah right yeah. how does it compare to the, uh, it off Nashville the menu, hot you chicken? Know. yeah that's good yeah and your reading was good okay uh, what else you got you got any other good okay uh, so a lot of people any other good text there well it's a lot of people piling on luchic and, and, and I'll say the one thing that I see from a lot of people say is, uh, you know, th that's the last thing that this team needs is another fourth liner. And, and, I, and I have to say that that's, that's pretty short sighted. You, you need fourth liners. Like I'm not, I'm not saying you want your whole lineup to be fourth liners. I mean, this team has got some significant depth. There's a stat out there. The Calgary flames are leading the league tied with one other team with 13 players who have six goals or more this year. It's an obscure stat. I stumbled on it yesterday, but it does speak to the depth of this team. There is scoring in the top nine. I know the GM wants to improve on that, whether it's internally or externally. Maybe it's Pelche. Maybe it's a trade. I don't know, but I don't agree, and I don't know what you think, but I don't agree with people who say that this team is loaded with fourth liners. I think that's an old take, don't you? Hmm. I don't know if I've heard that a ton. Um, I see where it goes, but I also know that everybody's a little bit, you know, ticked off about the lack of scoring. So maybe that's where that comes from. But it's a group that also has a blue line that can score. It's a group that, you know, has some potential, obviously, to get better. But I see where that narrative comes from a little bit. It feels like... It's got to be done by committee. And they've also heard what the, the head coach has to say time and time again. He said it again today to you when it came to the question of shot volume, saying that he doesn't have, you know, you don't have superstars. So that's why you got to throw a lot of shots on there. So there's a mentality, you know, that with the departure of John and, and Matthew, that you just don't have those game breakers and difference makers. You heard the coach say it time and time again. I think people are maybe starting to believe him. Here's the stat. This kind of blew my mind when I read this. When the Flames record 40 shots plus in a game, they're 4-7-2. and two. I think that's pretty well documented. We've talked about it on the air. It's been written. Here's a stat I didn't see before. When the Flames record 30 or fewer shots on goal, they're 9-2-3. and three. So even though the coach Amazing. talks – endlessly about it being how important it is that they're shot volume team. And I, and I get that. I don't, I don't have a problem with that concept and Hey, I'm Daryl Sutter's pretty good coach. Um, but 
what I thought was interesting was his line today when you said, when I asked him about that, I said, how do you explain that crazy anomaly in the stats? And he didn't really have an answer to it. He kind of went on and on about different things and shooting percentage. But he said, to your point, he said, when you don't have dominant players, you have to take a lot of shots. And that in itself is a shot. <laughs> a shot at Huberdo. Yeah, yeah. A shot at, at Lindholm. It, you know, he said time and time again last year that we don't have a dominant player who can be a game breaker, who can go end to end and score a goal. Well, by the end of the season, he had three of them. And they were all on the same line. And this year he's back to that similar refrain, but he's right. There are no game breakers on this team right now. And that's probably the biggest problem for this team moving forward. So I'll, I'll throw this at you. Is the most important player moving forward, Jonathan Huberto? I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, he's paid to be that. Yeah, he's capable of that. I think that most important player going forward has to be their number one goaltender. I, really yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Because teams yeah. can win by committee. Teams can be fourth liners if you want. Look at the New Jersey Devils back in the day. Now I get it. Games change a million different ways. But you can win with buy-in. and They've got enough name guys on this roster. This is not a fourth liner team. They might play like it at times. They might not have the identity. They might not be reaching the full potential offensively or what have you. And Daryl will give you a system in which everybody has to buy into. So I can get that mentality to a degree. Pardon me, but this is a very, very good team that has the depth of you, that you have mentioned. And I just think you're going to have to have the goaltending. I think they've got a good uh, one-two combo in those guys. And, uh, yeah, I really think uh, if you're looking at what's the most important or as the team goes – uh, or as this person goes, so too does the team. I think it starts between the pipes. And, and I would agree with you. I, I think that the most important development that we need to see for the Flames in the final 41 games of the season is um, better play defensively. And, and and the general manager has kind of echoed that sentiment, and the coach has too. When this season started, you know, with the loss of those guys, I'm sick of talking about them, but with the loss of the firepower that you had, I think everybody looked at this team and said, they're going to have to win a lot of games 3-2, maybe 2-1. They yet, they're yet to have a shutout this year, and, and that's not a stat that anyone's all hell-bent on, but last year by this time, they had eight of them already. Um, and, and, and their goals against is way higher than they ever thought that it would be. So it is an interesting part of their game that is missing and I would submit that that indeed is the number one issue that they're going to have to rectify, or the playoffs are definitely in jeopardy right now. How would you how how yeah. would you describe their playoff uh, situation right now? If I say it's in jeopardy, uh, what phrase would you use to describe where it's at right now? Because what I saw in Chicago the other night tells me mm-hmm. that it's it's a little more scary than than I even thought. Yeah, I I would. Jeopardy is that that's the word. Yeah, I, I would I would say that I could agree with that. Except the West is so wide open, Eric. Everybody listening and everybody watching, they know that anything can happen in this Western Conference right now. It's it's just a fact. It's it's just a different year in the West. And you know, as you look at the standings right now, it's fascinating to see what Seattle is doing and not going away. You know, I think we all know that Vegas and LA are for real. Okay, well things are really kind of wide open in other areas. So. I don't know. I, I, they're hanging around. Have they played their game yet? No. Talked to Elias Lindholm yesterday. He said, we still have not played 60 minutes. Still. We're in the new year. And uh, they don't feel as though, and I think they're right. They're being very honest about it. They haven't played 60 minutes yet. But that's, that's a telltale sign that, okay, are they going to? Is this group all on the same page? Is everybody, you know, you can speculate everything when you're not getting the results you want but it comes down to me if, if you haven't played 60 minutes yet that's where it comes from okay and there's a million different reasons why no doubt weird travel weird early goals you know you mentioned some of the defensive numbers um you we've talked at length about guys not you know re- reaching their offensive potential there's all sorts of factors that go into this but you haven't played 60 minutes yet to me that kind of starts there 
And it's hard either when you're digging out or you're not having good third periods or you're losing one-goal leads or one-goal games. Um, it's just a lot of things that can pile up and deflate you. But the optimist says, well, wait a minute. It's still only January. They still haven't played 60 minutes. If something happens, a pivotal moment in a season where it clicks and the light bulb goes off, you've got tons of runway. You're in a wild card position as we're sitting here today. And the West is open. So I think while it's great conversation, it's still important to have a little bit of perspective. But the word jeopardy to me is very, very fair. And and who would have thought we'd be here? I guess that's that's the point, right? And we're all waiting. We're all waiting and expecting this team to go on and win five or six or seven games in a row, uh, and 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 start to distance themselves from you know this perilous perch as the first wild card right now. This is a Lucic said today to us. This is the most important trip of the year. Now, he may say that four or five more times as the season goes on, but to this point. He's saying it's the most important road trip of the year and they need to have a big trip like the one they had in California just before Christmas. I actually agree with him because he said they're basically all division games. I know that St. Louis isn't in their division, but they're all fighting for that same wild card spot as a bare minimum. And if St. Louis were to somehow sweep these two games over the next three nights, they will leapfrog uh, the Calgary Flames. And, and that's that's a daunting and scary prospect. But anyway, w- w- that's getting way ahead of ourselves. we got to take a break here. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Leslie. He's going to stay with us. Thank you very much for doing that, my man. Uh, you awesome. can finish off your hot chicken sandwich. And uh, we're going to get to more of the questions at 960-960 and, uh, and, and finish this conversation, you know, looking back at the first half, looking ahead to the next half, and, of course, tackling the biggest issue of the day is the uh, the pickled cucumbers. That keeps coming up on the fan feedback line. So we'll, we'll tackle that head on. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The Alberta horse racing and breeding industry has a $312 million positive impact in Alberta annually. Visit thehorses.com, 18 plus. Please play responsibly. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with Ryan Leslie. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Second half of the show, Ryan Leslie still with us. Questions still flying in. Good, uh, good note from Victor, who writes in, and he, and he speaks to the frustration that people are feeling right now that Pelche will not be in the lineup tonight, and no one knows if or when he will be as, as the recent call-up. He says, we could miss the playoffs, win the lottery, draft Bedard, and Bedard would still be scratched by Daryl Sutter. <laughs> Wow! Thanks for the uh, no, thanks no, for the wouldn't. chuckle. No, he wouldn't. No, the Western Hockey Leaguer. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. Yes, he is from the West, so uh, Sutter would give him the benefit hey, of the I, doubt. I got a quick question, Eric, and and maybe your listeners know this. Are you really coming back with crisscross, jump, jump, and getting jiggy with it? Is this is this really the music you have planned for us today? I am still stuck in the yeah, mid nineties. Really, yeah. It's jumpy though. Don't you don't think it's catchy? No, no, and I don't think your listeners appreciate it. So if you could clean that up, that'd be great. Is it controversial that we're playing Will Smith after he assaulted another man on international TV? No, I don't want to go that deep. It's just you know, <laughs> let's be better. Oh my god. Okay. okay. Text line. Text line. Te- Let me know what you think. There you go. Text line, uh, your music thoughts, your thoughts on pickles. Uh, where, where is it? Uh, text here. Calgary guy, he's actually wrong, and Ryan's restaurant menu is right. Pickling is a process. Pickled cucumbers are a few a food. Can we leave that one now? Is that – can we – that one's yeah, done. Yeah, I think – yeah. I, I, to be clear, too, I had a pickle on the side. And it, and it wasn't pickled? So to speak. So to speak. I actually had a pickle on the side. And uh, there was also pickled cucumbers on the sandwich. So, yeah, I'm happy to put that away. All right. I don't want to touch your pickle anymore here. Okay. Uh, we've got a number of people. Everyone's – I always love the trade options, you know, people throw out there. I, I'm not – I don't think mm. they're – but when you look at – okay. So wh- here's a question. I think it's too early to answer this one. But uh, 
do you see a scenario where the Flames could somehow win four out of seven games? And if so, against which team do you think the Flames have the best chance at beating in the playoffs? I, I think it's way too early to be talking about that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, we're, it's January. Or January 10th. Yeah. Uh, no, here's a text. I mean, it's fun to bat around, but that's not – that's just that's just filler. I, I think what he's asking – the question is like, are they capable of, uh, capable of beating anybody right now, four to seven, given how, um, you know, given how it, tough it is to guess what this team is going to be like on a night because well, get, based on how inconsistent. That's valid. They are. Yeah, that's valid. And maybe we look back at saying, well, this team, you know, as opposed to last year, maybe we find out in the end that this team was actually built for a playoff run instead of great success in the regular season mm-hmm. where last year, the success came in the regular season and before you knew it, second round it's over. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We, that's why I, you, you can't get into the prediction game, but you wonder right now, certainly this team is good enough to beat other teams. Yes. In a seven game series uh, that could be argued and debated as to which teams for sure. But I wonder if in the end, the optimist says, well, maybe, hold on a second. Maybe they're a better playoff team. I don't know that yet. There has not been a lot of indicators that that is the case. Yeah. But it's also January 10th. So let's just enjoy every bite of the sandwich, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, so to speak. Uh, here's the definitive word on the music. Uh, somebody writes in and says, the music's the best part of the show. Touche. Touche. We asked. That's a so, terrible uh, show. They told us. Uh uh, yeah hey jake neighbors as i'm scrolling through some of these questions jake neighbors Mm. you and i had a chance to chat with him today a couple things i I love that in that st louis dressing room which may be the best in the league by the way massive spacious palatial we could have a road hockey game in there it'd be unbelievable every nameplate has underneath their name where they're from which i think is really cool i i haven't seen another team in the league do that Jake Neighbors mm-hmm. says Calgary, Alberta. You and I both know that he's from Airdrie, close enough. Mm-hmm. We'll call it even. Uh, yeah. Neat guy to talk to. Played in the, played in the Max tournament. Was a buff. Lost in the quarterfinals that year. Um, good friends with Dubé. And we, I don't think it was you who asked him, or we asked him who who was his guy growing up. You know, was it yeah. an Iggy guy, or you know, he said no. I, I was an Oilers fan. My parents are both from Saskatchewan and they brought me up as an Oilers fan. So Jordan Everly was my guy. And now I work out with him, which is kind of cool. And, and I think he's a, I mean, obviously he's a talented young man. I think he's got a long career ahead of him. Um, But I don't think a lot of people in Calgary know much about him. Do you think that's, that's accurate? No, I would say that's fair. Um, Probably those in that circle buffs and minor hockey, uh, you know, certainly he was an Edmonton oil King. Um, you know, seemingly just a good young player. I uh, spoke to Dubé about him. Um, you know, not, they don't know each other too well. They have the same agency. Um, but they, uh, he said, oh, this is just a great kid. He's just couldn't stop raving about what a good guy he is. And, you know, uh, this is a player that I think probably is going to be on the radar a little bit more with the opportunity that's in front of him because of the Blues injuries. That This is a player who's going to have a chance, Logan Brown and you know, others, step in and, and, you know, give uh, Barube a couple of different looks, but he's got a frame. Um, he's got a great attitude, and I think uh, I think there's a bright future for this guy. And uh, and anybody you talk to in this market certainly very high on him. And I think those who follow you know prospects would uh, probably echo the same thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play tonight. That's that's a good Calgary guy, Airdrie guy. Um, spent time in Kelowna as well, and. Uh, uh, when he was about 14 or 15, he was out there. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned the buff side of things. So there'll be a lot of people kind of rooting for this guy back in Western Canada. Yeah. I, yeah, a big kid too. I mean, he's yeah, he's uh, a formidable defender. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Here's a question here for you, Ryan. Uh, hey, Ryan, why can't Mark, you seem to start on time this year? Well, that's an interesting question, and I and I wouldn't hang it solely on Markey either. Um, let's not forget when you had the Kari Ramos and the Jonas Hillers, Jonas Hiller, um, 
there was a lot of nights where a lot of us were looking at each other after one, two, three, four, five shots on net. There was always a goal. Seems to just Brian be Elliott, a theme in the sure. last. Brian Elliott, yeah. Um, there seems to just be a theme uh, for goalies when they come here that that just happens. Uh, I don't know um, because, you know, you look at you talk to some guys about preparation. That's the key word that I've been hearing a lot the last few days. They had a couple of days off. Um, and that is up to the player to make sure they're prepared, be it steams, be it routine, be it stretching, whatever it is. You don't just wake up and go when you're not skating. You've got to make sure that you're prepared. The coach does what he does. The players, especially in those scenarios where you're not having practice or game day skates, that's on you. And I thought it was interesting that uh, in Chicago, I had a long chat with uh, Nikita Zadorov, And one of the things he told me was just how when he was a, you know, he's one in his ninth year. I don't know what he's in now, but he, uh, he just jump out of bed and go. He wasn't a very good pro. He admitted preparation is something that Daryl Sutter got through to him on. And he's playing as confident as he ever has, as it relates to the goaltenders. I don't know as though preparation necessarily would be where you'd point like you might with uh, defense or forwards. Um, because I think these goalies are locked in. There's only two of them. They're all, it's, for the most part, it's them. <clears throat> you know, it's marks from for the most part every night. Um, so I don't know if that's the key, um, but I can't help but wonder if it's mental. You know, and I, you know, you just, oh God, you're wondering about that first shot. You're wondering about those first few shots. You're, did you make the right save? And getting into a groove. And I think it's purely speculation on my part. I have no clue, but that would be something that I would at least wonder about if it's just sort of a, a mental hurdle that we all have in whatever our uh, professions are. You know, there's that one thing in our job that we just don't do well or stresses us out or whatever it is. <laughs> For a goalie, you got to stop pucks. That's about <laughs> as simple as it gets, but I just wonder if it becomes a mental thing on those early shots and settling in, getting into a groove. Uh, and I wonder if that's something that can just kind of snowball. So, that would oh, be yeah. my only well, guess. Yeah, and I here, here's this a question is a veteran, that kind of right? this speaks to that. Played a lot of games, so. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's like funny how many people kid, are. But... Yeah, and and I I think it's it's amplified by the fact that the backup is you know one of the more popular guys in town, as is often the case. The backup quarterback, the backup goalie. People always think that that guy should be given more of a chance because he's better. You got a guy who finished second in Vezina Trophy. Uh, he, yeah. he, for sure, he hasn't been as good this year. You have two good no question about it. But here, be real clear. Yeah. Well, who do you start tonight? I, I start Vladar. I, I was looking at the stats last night. Markstrom's history against the Blues is abysmal. Um, and, and Sutter looks at that sort of stuff. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Well, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised at anything that Daryl Sutter, that Daryl Sutter does in ter terms of his starting goalie. I would start Vladar. Who would you start tonight? Well, I believe it will be Markstrom. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Would I? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> he didn't. It's always a fascinating one, right after a after a goaltender is pulled. He was not sharp in Chicago. He wasn't. He'd be the first to tell you. Um, Vladar came on and and does what Vladar does. I think he's been very consistent. Yeah, mm -hmm. he he is a very consistent goaltender. Um, but you do you want it to linger with your starting goaltender? Do you want it to kind of yeah. be one of these things where okay, okay, and you don't want it to snowball? To me, this is the that mental management as well. So I would I would probably go Markstrom tonight. And then, you know, reevaluate either his performance or, hey, we, we should get Vladar back in again. So tonight, to me, I go Markstrom, but with a real eye on what comes next. Mm -hmm. uh, ben writes, and I don't think the defensive system has a problem at all. I think we've had individual brain farts every game by different players at bad <laughs> times. I, I would agree with that. The system is, is sound. There have been breakdowns, but the game is a game of turnovers, as any coach will tell you. And and it's a team that limits those mistakes the most that we, that wins you know most games. Calgary Flames have just had some very uncharacteristic 
um, hiccups, I guess, along the way. And at the end of the day, it's the goalie who gets blamed for most of it. Uh, here, here's one, and I don't normally read out trade offers and stuff like that because it's a mugs game. But I'll bring it up because I think this is an interesting name. Would you look at trading Phillips, Rizicka, in a second round of Chicago for Domi? Uh, Sandy writes that in. Now, again, I'm not going to get into the whole. I guess I, I only want to focus on Domi. He was really good the other night. Um, I don't think he there's was. any question he'll be shopped around at mm-hmm. him. But the mm-hmm. guy who I thought was every bit as good, and it was his line mate, was Lucas Reichel, who's Robert Reichel's nephew. And he's only played like 14 games in the NHL. He had three points the other night against the Flames. Uh, I thought he was the best player on the ice. But Domi, I guess that could be a pretty good fit. He's a, he's a Sutter type guy. I know he's not big, but he's that Sutter type guy who can do a little bit of everything, including score. And, of course, True Living had him in Arizona, so very familiar with the player. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's not the craziest You thing. know, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure about that uh, that trade scenario. I, I'm not sure draft picks and that kind of thing. Are, you know, I'm not convinced, and this is probably part of a bigger question or a bigger conversation about the idea that, all right, you go out and reward this. Well, you got to go out and get them something at some point. Um, you do it sooner, you do it later at the deadline. You don't have a ton of time before that deadline comes up. But, uh, no, I don't hate the idea of a, of a Max Domi. Some grit, some games under his belt. Um, he was good the other night. Um, and there's some familiarity there. So I don't think it's crazy. I'm not, I don't get into the scenarios too much about what, you know, no. what goes the other way, that kind of thing. But uh, No, no. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I don't it's a crazy, uh, crazy idea for a player like that. Yeah. Just, you know, and again, I, I'm not a big fan of that, about these rumors and, 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 and stuff like that. But he, here's another thing to point out, because at the end of the day, my, my belief is that this team will make the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the concern is, is I mean, it, it's valid, uh, but because they're not where they expected to be at this time. But they're only four points back of where they were this year at last time when they took the world by storm and won the division. Um I think that's something that has to be remembered through all this. There was a lot of change. We all know that chemistry was going to take time. It's still a work in progress, but they're only four points back from where they were last year. I think that surprises a lot of people to hear that. Would you agree? Yes, it was. Um, I hadn't looked that up. So yeah, I, uh, I am a little bit uh, surprised to hear that. Um, I know it was close, but that's, that's encouraging when you, but when you think about how many games they've lost, those one goal games, boy, you could really, you, you have right? to win those ones. That's what it comes down to for me. The overtimes, mm-hmm. you got to win those things. And Chicago, you're leaving points on the board. Columbus, you know, there's those games are uh, ones you look back at. Now the players tell you, now we just shut it down. I thought it was interesting chatting with Blake Coleman yesterday. I asked him, I said, you know, you know, there's games, I guess, that you win and you use those as benchmarks or you look back and go, that was a turning point. I said, you know, are there losses where you kind of go, okay, Chicago, last team in the league, you put up 47 shots, you have two power play goals. They didn't even have Patrick Kane in the lineup and you don't get the two points. You get the one, but you don't get two. Is that, he goes, I said, do you, do you use that or do you, or do you forget about it? He goes, I learned a long time ago from Steven Stamkos and McDonough in Tampa Bay. You close the book on those losses, any of them. You just move on. And some guys sulk and are angry for the next day after that loss. Or whatever. He says, never too high, never too low after wins and losses. Just be a professional, close the book on it, learn from it, sure, but don't dwell on it. And uh, I thought that was neat that those two guys had an impact on Coleman about flipping the switch or turning the page on losses you should have had. You should have, you know, those games, you got to win. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit surprised to know that they're that close. And, uh, you know, as we said a while ago, Eric, if this team starts to play 60 minutes or find their game, maybe we're having a completely different conversation in a few weeks' time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, them being just basically barely off their pace from last year and a goal or two here and there, and they're right on the same page. It all speaks to expectations. We knew going into this season 
that expectations were completely different than they were last year. Last year, going into the season, people forget this, but going into the season, the question was, can they maybe squeak in as a wild card team? Like, is this a playoff team or not? They'd had a bad season the year before. Anyway, they won the division and then didn't have a great playoff. Had half a good playoff. I think that's all all (laughs) the fan base cares about now. We can spend the winter going back and forth about these things. But really, at the end of the day, you talk to your listeners and the fan base. All they care about, how it hook or by crook, get into the playoffs, which is no easy feat, and do some damage there. And then nobody remembers this conversation that we're having. Nobody remembers how they've had to change their own tune four, five, six times throughout the course of the season. Just get in, baby, and do some damage. Because everybody's tired. Are we getting in? Are we seeing our team? You know, if you're a fan, go, are we getting in? Are we getting out of the first round? Are we going deep? Because the answer to going deep hasn't been there in a long time. And this fan base deserves more. Daryl Sutter is quick to praise the fans and the people he meets on the street about how knowledgeable they are. He knows it. They know it. The only true measurement is getting in and going on a run. That's all that matters. So January 10th, us arguing about things, it's great for radio and great for people and their passion for the group. But all they care about is a deep run, and it's time. Are they built for it? Time will tell. Will Treliving make some additions and some subtractions? And Will Daryl get the most out of these players that have come in either new or veterans or get these young guys going that he's been somewhat critical of? Will the goaltender hold up? Will he be somebody who not only holds up but stands on his head and proves to everybody that, you know, this is this is his team. we got to play this thing out, but that's really all that people care about is all those ingredients going into the bowl and coming out with a deep playoff run. It's all that matters. Well, that's how they'll be judged, and we, we went into the season saying that. we. But again, a year earlier, nobody was saying they'll be judged on how, they, how well they do in the playoffs. The, the question was, can they even get into the playoffs? The fact that we're now having that same conversation, they've regressed to the point where we're having the conversation, can they get into the playoffs, is troubling for a lot of people whose expectations sure. going into the season were, can they win more than one round in the playoffs, and can we, can the Flames beat the Oilers, which is ultimately the question that everybody in Alberta is asking, right? Can, can this team be good enough to play the Oilers and beat them? Well, the Oilers are having some problems right now, and we're not even sure they're going to be in the playoffs. So it's all interesting to talk about. Uh, two, uh, one last one. Um, a couple of people writing in about Tree Living. Do you think he'll be with the team next year? Uh, Justin writes in, hey, fellas, what are the chances Tree Living stays in Calgary beyond this season? To me, the, the, that's not even a question. This team could lose you know, miserably from now to the end of the season, miss the playoffs, and there's still no question he's the GM moving forward. Now, he doesn't have a contract past this year, but that's not a commentary on his performance because everybody thinks he's done a phenomenal job given what he's been dealt. The, that's the style of Murray Edwards. He's done that with staffers with the Calgary Flames forever and ever, wait till the final year. He doesn't care about this dead man walking idea. That's just the way he negotiates. Do you see it the same way? Uh, yes and no. I, I think I think this is a true living call. And uh, I think he's done a superb job. I think he's a superb person to deal with. And I think it will ultimately come down to his decision. And I think we will let those chips fall where they may. He's got mm-hmm. uh, some things, obviously, that uh, he's got to decide on. But, uh, no, I, I think uh, I, I don't I don't know as though I look at this as anything to do with ownership or, like, I know they've had conversations. I know it's all good, everything. There's no need for panic. There's no, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, let's read mm-hmm. into this. There's not. I just think it ultimately comes down. He doesn't have a contract, but I think it will come down to his decision. And it is interesting, isn't it? Because two things at play. One is he comes from a very wealthy family. Money is not a concern or an issue, nor is his concern for employment after this. I love what you said. It's totally up to him. He may just say, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I want to take on a new challenge in another city. I don't think there's an organization out there that wouldn't consider hiring Brad Tree Living if he was made available on the open market. 
in some well, capacity, you know, whether he's the he, GM or and, assistant. And maybe, yeah. Hey, who knows what happens, but, and I, I certainly don't want to speculate on, on the GM's future, uh, either in the game or in other businesses. Let's remember, this guy's done a lot in hockey at a lot of different levels. You know, his fingerprints are all over a lot of hockey down in, in Texas at the minor league levels and leagues and buildings. And I mean, this guy is, is, you know, really qualified to do certainly a lot in this game, but other things as well. I mean, there is a family business. So who knows? Uh, but it's great that, um, you know, you've got a guy here that I think people believe in. Um, people probably want back, I, I think. I know there's going to be the odd oh, yeah. detractor who says, I don't like this or what's going on here. But there's so many factors, yeah. Eric, as you know, that go into all of this from the lineup to, you know, call-ups to trades and the draft. And it, it's nonstop. So, you know, um, I don't want to speculate too much on everything that's going on, but certainly I think it will ultimately come down to his decision, either here or what he wants to do next, either in the game or away from it. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. He's earned that right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Like a lot of GMs are not in that position where they can decide. He's a passionate a guy who never – he's a passionate guy who never takes his foot off the pedal when it comes to – to this uh, team, this organization, either in the community or, you know, within that uh, locker room slash boardroom. Just doesn't take any, just doesn't stop. It's nonstop. Yeah, yeah. All right, my man. We could be nonstop, but uh, people don't want no that. Phones. Uh, I you thought we were going to go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. Eric Francis joins No, us no calls. Next. No, there, oh, I thought there we was were. never any promise of calls. No, no, just just the, the text. There was a lot of texts. I appreciate it. Sorry, we couldn't get to all of them. We couldn't even get close to all of them. But I tried to encapsulate several of them together. Is there a funny to one? To ask there? different questions. Uh, I haven't seen another pickle one lately, so no, sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of funny ones. I read a couple of the funny ones, but okay. anyway, we got to go. Thank you, my friend. I yep. appreciate your time. Thanks, That's man. Ryan Leslie. He's. Uh, we'll see you down at the game tonight. Six o'clock puck drop, Calgary time. Flames versus. The Blues, the first uh, of two games in the next three nights against the Blues. Uh, Lucic calls it the most important road trip of the season. Uh, I guess so. We'll take his word for it. Uh, we are uh, wrapping up the Eric Francis Show. It's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. The Alberta horse racing and breeding industry uh, is has a $83 million positive impact in Calgary annually. Visit horses.com, 18+. plus. Please play responsibly. And, of course, we had Ryan on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Hotline. It's a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. This has been the Eric Francis Show. I thank Ryan Leslie for joining us. We do it every Monday. Yes, today is Tuesday. I get it. But we'll be back on schedule next Monday, noon. We'll do the show live from Nashville, and uh, we'll do it every week from noon to 1 o'clock here on Sports at 960. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight.